Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics they talk? We listen. My guest today is the CEO of one of the UK's biggest and most recognisable brands. This is the new series on Heads Talk where we delve into the world of the automotive industry and discuss CO2 neutral solutions, electric vehicle technology, hydrogen production, fuel cell engineering, battery charging infrastructure, as well as the consumer political and environmentalist reaction to this change. I'm absolutely delighted to be talking to my guest today and I look forward to the conversation ahead. But before we get into that, here is a message. This episode is sponsored by Axia. Axia is the leading private cloud platform in the Alessian and Matamos ecosystem, combining intelligent solutions with security and control. Axia's clients profit from digitalization and automation of critical business processes in a cloud and hybrid architecture. 150 staff provide migration, engineering and support services to over 200 leading organizations in 32 countries. Heads Talk Podcast with your host Elaine Pringle-Schwitter. Hugh Kaufman is the CEO of LEVC London Electric Vehicle Company. He's going to tell us all about this organization in the course of this discussion. But you do all know this iconic brand as it is part of the fabric of London and other cities around the United Kingdom. Jörg, with LEVC, is leading the charge to the electrification of vehicles and is setting so many standards, trailblazing even, in the automotive industry. Prior to this, Jörg was the president and CEO of Audi Brazil and has held a number of executive directorial positions in Audi and General Motors. This he had done in various geographical locations to include Germany, Japan, Singapore and Australia. He's highly experienced in new business development, product launch and sales management, manufacturing and indeed operational excellence. So I'm looking forward to his insights here to add to this brand new series on Heads Talk. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jörg to Heads Talk. Many thanks for being with us today. Hi, Elaine. Good talking to you. Actually, you covered already quite a lot of things. Very good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay, let's start. I've got a quote from you and it reads, mm. never before has there been so much momentum in the auto industry since it began 130 years ago. It is an exciting time for our business. As a manufacturer of electric vehicles, we are committed to reducing carbon emissions throughout our operations. At LEVC, it is our intention to become carbon neutral by 2025 and for our suppliers to achieve this by 2030. Your organization has been ahead of the game and the race to 100% carbon neutral. So I'd like to start from the beginning of this journey. Um, let's take a step back before we talk about your plans for net zero emissions by 2025. You right. launched the first electric taxi in the world in 2017. I want you to tell my listeners about this. How and why at that particular time did, they, did you transition from a, an ICE diesel engine fleet to an electric vehicle operating model and to a degree led the way for others? So how and why at that time, Jörg? Yeah, that's a, a very crucial question, actually, Elaine. And, and I think 
Um, so the most the fairest answer is to say it's a combination out of uh, vision and combination out of uh, uh, government or uh, 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 regulatory pressure. And this is always the way it works. I mean, you know, on the one hand, you have to understand our company, um, you said it correctly, now called the London Electric Vehicle Company, but better known as a former London taxi company, was a, a company that was pretty much working in a niche. They are building legendary black caps for the London market. So a very niche position. And it turned out, frankly saying, um, that's a company with a more than 100 year history always struggled to be uh, a sustainable, profitable. So, I mean, there was some pressure to think about the business model and not to continue in that very limited uh, taxi need for London. That was the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second thing then that, that came up was basically, and this is what I always say should still continue today, um, there has to be some government uh, 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 regulator, regulatory regulation pressure, because what happened all of a sudden in London, um, a new legislation came up, uh, which was also visionary from the government, I have to say, um, saying um, that future taxis who want to operate in London um, should um, at least have a 20 to 30 mile pure EV range. Otherwise, you are not allowed anymore in London. And then the third thing that came together, I mean, we had uh, uh, the, really the vision of our uh, chairman, Chairman Li Shufu, um, the chairman of the Chile Group, who already at a very early stage, like us, understood the importance of electrification and what's going on in the industry. So on the one hand, um, Elaine, we had the pressure to change our business model. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, we had uh, uh, visionary leaders in our company, but also, and we should never neglect that, we had also some good political ideas that were pushing the industry to transform. So all of this came together and we decided to reinvent our brand and mm-hmm. to transform the company completely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as I said at the, at the beginning, you launched the first electric taxi right. in the world in, in 2017, which is an amazing achievement and congratulations on you and your organization mm, doing mm. that. Um, how, how, what I want to know is how do you go about building, converting to an electric manufacturing plant? I'm actually trying to imagine the enormity of that task. No, it is. It's actually a big task. And I mean, um, if, you, if you consider all the investment from the idea Actually, the idea started in 2013, and until its completion, building a complete new uh, electric manufacturing factory, basically the first electric car factory in the UK, mm-hmm. um, it took uh, four years to, to, to finish and implement the project. The first idea was done in 2013. The first complete new um, um, uh, EV factory was opened in 2017. So it was actually mm-hmm. a four-year process. Right. And you know the overall investment in that period altogether was about 500 million pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is a major point, what, what, what you have to understand and what I always can, can advise other companies who want to do the transformation as well. You can't do it half-heartedly. That's really important. If you decide to move, if you decide to transform, you can't have still a foot on the other side and still try to check it out. You have to go at full steam and put everything in one basket. And this is what we did. And it was still a challenge, but at least we put everything into the new direction and, and there was no way back for us. So we reinvented a traditional mm-hmm. uh, uh, iconic British brand towards a traditional you know, d- manufacturer of diesel taxis into a manufacturer mm-hmm. of electric commercial vehicles and even more into a provider for e-mobility solutions, green mobility solutions. That's what we are going towards in the future. Hmm. Well, what, was the, what was the charging infrastructure like at the time? I'm assuming it's come a long way since. 
Yeah, the charging infrastructure is still an issue. I mean, at that time, it, it, it hardly exists, I have to say. But mm -hmm. we overcame that issue, um, and, and it's still our philosophy at, at this point in time. Um, we overcome that with a, a special technology that we call eCity technology, mm -hmm. which is basically a, a, a fully EV-driven car with a range of more than 100 kilometer pure EV, um, but it's uh, in the total range of up to 500 kilometers. We do that by, um, you know, we have a 30 kilowatt battery, and if the battery runs empty, we have a little generator in our car, mm -hmm. a little okay. small engine, um, which recharges the battery. So our concept allows you to go fully electric with even, you don't need a charger if you don't have one. I mean, which is a mm -hmm. unique technology. And we did it at that time because we were really ahead of the pack. And by that time, there was no charging infrastructure. So just going EV mm -hmm. with, a, with a battery between 50 and 100 kilometer range don't get, doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, so we needed that special little generator on board, which is unique and even gets us until today to an overall range of 500 kilometer. And mm -hmm. this is, a, a, we believe, still a great solution until in the midterm future, when we have a proper you know, a nationwide or, or Europe-wide covering um, yeah. a charging infrastructure in place. But this is not happening yet, and it's, it still will take a while. All right. But you, know, you guys at LEVC were ahead of your time at the time. And now it's the vogue, but you were ahead of your time at the time. So, how did you go about marketing this to your stakeholders? Well, as I said, I mean, so the point was we had a, a very visionary stakeholder because at the time, um, the former uh, a niche company, London taxi company, um, was basically uh, taken over by the, the international Chinese Chili group. And our chairman, Chairman Li Shifu, I always uh, consider him as a Chinese Elon Musk. I think he was already thinking ahead of his time, still thinking mm. ahead of his time. And, and if you see what kind of investment he has, you know, across the globe in the meantime, into mm -hmm. Volvo, into Daimler, and into some really even even um, electric uh, uh, helicopter projects and whatever. So mm -hmm. it, it was pretty easy, not pretty easy, of course, it was still investment, but it was uh, reasonably all right um, to, to get uh, the shareholder on board and to get the support. And, and, and I mean, really, we, we are fully going towards that direction. There is no way back. And uh, we are an electric vehicle car company and, and growingly successful. Mm -hmm. And um, presumably your clients are in the UK and in Europe. Um, do you have plans for wider base, for instance, the US, uh, China? Yeah. What are they? Uh, I mean, um, see, Elaine, what, we are already in the middle of a, of a growth plan, which was a bit impacted by COVID, of course, but yes. we still continue our growth plan. I mean. Um, just um, um, what we are doing, we, we are moving the company away from, a, as I said a few times now, from a, a taxi niche company to mm -hmm. a, a global uh, manufacturer of electric commercial vehicles. So what it means, we are getting into new markets and new products. I mean, um, as you know, we added now to the electric taxi, um, now a, a first electric van. So it's a major step for us, for our product portfolio. Um, mm -hmm. And there's more to come. And at the same time, on the market side, we just... Um, expanded our brand two years ago into the European continent, on the European continent, so into the European Union. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, this is still a quite new process, which was even hit then in the meantime by COVID. So mm -hmm. we are still fully busy with our uh, EU team in our Frankfurt office to expand the brand across Europe. Mm -hmm. um, it's going quite well. I have to say, in the meantime, we have already 25 um, sales and service representations across yep. the continent. 
Um, mm -hmm. We have a good number in Germany, we are in France, we are in Spain, we are now getting into Italy. Um, so we are covering a lot of crucial markets, but we are still at the early stage of expanding. What we do as well, we, are, we have growing demand in the Middle East. We have good customers in mm -hmm. the meantime in Saudi Arabia, in Dubai, in Egypt. Um, we are now considering Asia. We are now dealing with China, uh, not with China, with uh, Japan and, and, and South Korea. Um, and of course, but, but the point is, I, I, I say it a bit cautiously because we are still in the, in the you can't do everything at the same time. Yeah, we are, we are fully focused yeah. on Europe at the moment. Um, do a little, of, a little bit of overseas, but for sure, Elaine, the US, especially for me personally, it's a, a private private project and, and hopefully sooner or later we can get there as well but this requires some engineering change of our cars this requires mm -hmm. really a big business plan a good marketing plan it's a huge continent so i mean this will certainly not happen next year but it's on our radar yeah you're focusing in that, that direction and uh, let's stay with um other, other products and um, as you mentioned you're not just a taxi company you're moving away no. from that sole brand you're not sort of like the one trick pony you're branching out your organization is called electric vehicle um, right. will you be looking at other co2 neutral solutions um as not just elect, um, electric batteries are you looking into that have you looked into that and then and removed mm. or discarded them? I mean, yeah, you know, at, at, at the moment, our brand LEVC is a competent center for electric vehicles and, and light weight vehicles in the whole Chile group. Yeah? So, I mean, our cars are made out of aluminum. It's a very mm -hmm. special technology, uh, very durable, long lasting, very safe technology. And of course, we are specialists for AV technology. Um, Nevertheless, I mean, especially together with the whole Chile group, we are looking also, of course, into hydrogen and other as a future concept. But mm -hmm. I mean, what we always have to keep in mind, Elaine, this is still all, we are still talking about electric vehicles, whether an electric vehicle is driven by a battery or is driven by a hydrogen um, um, fuel cell, it still ends up generating uh, electric power. And so it's still an electric vehicle. So mm -hmm. I believe there is no way um, we will always, as electric vehicles are the future. The question is whether it will be driven by a battery or whether it will be driven by a fuel cell that uh, basically turns mm -hmm. hydrogen into energy. Mm -hmm. um, regarding this hydrogen um, um, concept, it's, it's actually interesting. However, we are far away from that. I think now all the effort, especially also from the political side, uh, is really on pushing battery-driven cars forward, and this will take a while until we have an infrastructure, and I can't see any other focus. So hydrogen is a completely new project because, as I said, yeah. fuel cells are needed. Fuel cell technology is still very expensive at this point in time. Um, you need a very special infrastructure. I mean, we are still struggling with our very simple, you know, battery charging uh, power stations. Yeah, and, yes. and and but for hydrogen cars, you need a completely different technology where you get uh, hydrogen in a liquid form and whatever. At the moment, it's still somehow dangerous. Um, you need a lot of investment. You need mm -hmm. another a new set of infrastructures that you have to build. Mm -hmm. And so I can't see that happening very soon. I believe, well, let, let's say maybe after 2030, and this is for me the horizon, the next 10 years, you will possibly see also hydrogen cars coming up. But I see it more in the form for, you know, long distance heavy trucks, because on, in, on, on set product, if you have a heavy truck, if you want to move it properly for three or 500 kilometers, you need such huge batteries that you can hardly put it in the car. Yeah, so I believe for set mm -hmm. one, a fuel cell driven 
um, 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 hydro, um, um, yeah, well, yeah, hydro, um, uh, well, hydrogen driven truck is, is, is much better, mm -hmm. um, but you need, and then what it will mean, you, you will have depots around the country, uh, long distance, and when mm -hmm. the truck arrives, you will mm -hmm. get uh, refueled mm -hmm. with hydrogen on such special company depot. But this is completely new infrastructure, new technology, and it will be only, I would think, in, in, in long distance heavy trucks. So I see what we are doing, uh, uh, well, rather passenger car types of cars, vans, small vans, mid-sized vans, our mm -hmm. segment. This yeah. is certainly something where I believe at least for the next 10 years, you will see a, a lot of effort getting the battery uh, technology moving forward. All right, okay. Um, let's look at some lessons learned in this overall or transition from one type of vehicle to another. What can you tell organizations that are in the process of transitioning to full um, EVs? You guys are now veterans. What advice yeah. do you give them, especially something that can be overlooked that you, perhaps you might have overlooked in during the process because you said it took second four years from 2023 to 2017. Mm. What mm. could be overlooked, unforeseen or even bureaucratic that you know they should mm. keep an eye out for? I mean, uh, uh, first of all, I mean, as you said, our example is, is, is quite an interesting one and, and, and uh, we certainly can consider ourselves a sort of role model for the transformation because mm -hmm. we were on us first or maybe first. Um, yeah, you know, remember how we did it. I mean, in 2017, we introduced a complete new brand, right? With a new electric, first new electric product, we started a new brand. So our company was rebranded from London Taxi Company to London Electric Vehicle Company. So we started from a scratch. We got a new logo and we started running a complete new factory with new processes to enable us to build most efficiently electric cars. Um, however, despite having a, a complete new brand, um, and having a, 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 well, a new factory and a new product, it was not a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, um, you have to make sure that also your, your dealer partners, your, your distribution network is ready to deal with that one. You also have to make sure that your own organization is ready. I mean, in that whole process we hired, we didn't have the expertise in the beginning. So mm -hmm. we, we got a lot of electrical experts, engineers on board. So basically we changed the knowledge base in our engineering department to more electrical experts. Um, we have a lot of software people on board in the meantime, so you need to consider that, so you have the right skill set. But overall, I mean, the point is quite clear. And, and I, you know, I was working for a big uh, German global OEMs before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you do it only, as I said before, half-heartedly, the transformation does not work. And I think the successful will be the ones who really takes a risk and put all on one card. And I mean, for me, a good example, and, and there are negative examples, which I will not mention, but I think <laughs> if I may add from my, from my previous uh, perspective and comparing us and, and also where I was working previously, I think really um, um, what Volkswagen is doing at the moment under, under their current new, uh, under their current CEO is certainly the way to go because they take all the risks, they put everything into electric vehicles. And you see already now, they are leading the pack in Europe and they are, of course, besides Tesla, um, so the biggest and, and growing EV mm -hmm. manufacturer in Europe, because they, they don't hold back, they don't continue the other stuff. They put everything on one in one basket, everything on one card, and that's the point. And this worked for us as well. You know, we didn't continue like some other companies. Oh my, you know, we are a bit afraid, we are a bit shy. Maybe let's continue to do maybe one product line with regular diesel cars, and then we start a new one and see how it goes. We didn't mm -hmm. do that. We stopped everything. We 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 closed the old factory and built a new factory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is a very 
uh, well, it's, it's a step that, that really you, where you need a lot of courage, but a lot of support and, of course, money and liquidity investment. But you have to do it. You have to put everything on one card and not try to keep not try to stay still in the old world of combustion engine mm -hmm. and then and, and then check the market how it goes if you yeah. do that you will be certainly kicked out of the market by more by companies with more courage and and, and more uh, risk-friendly companies who put everything on one card that's important mm. and i suspect obviously without naming names there are some organizations that's kind of doing that at the moment still exactly yeah. exactly yeah. I, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see but so but what would be interesting is what are you seeing in other countries that have switched to electric vehicles or even taxi services that you can relate to that organizations that haven't made that switch yet would not know about but you know something can you just give us something that only two um, electric so only two organizations that's converted to electric vehicles will really understand and this could be revenues it could be customer reaction government initiatives that aid the process or or a complete model change something no. a new one yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I, I have to say, um, Elaine, uh, government support is still important at this point in time. And therefore, uh, dealing with, with, with government institutions, government authority is, is really important to do the transformation. You know, we at LAVC, I mean, we have good arguments, which you always continue um, to, to talk government authorities across Europe, in the UK. I mean, you know, we, I, I just put some numbers together, or my team did it, which, which looks quite nice. I mean, you know, we sold more than 5,000 electric taxis so far. And if you count all the miles that we know that they're driving, they circled around the world more than 7,500 times, which is basically equal to 200 million miles, right? So mm -hmm. a huge, a huge uh, range and distance that they've driven. And now the positive thing comes, you know, um, by doing that with our um, um, uh, ECTE EV technology, um, you know, we basically saved, uh, what is it, 40 million liters of fuel. Yeah, mm -hmm. so 40 million mm -hmm. liters of fuel have been saved and not been pumped. And uh, another number, which also is quite impressive, is 60,000 tons of CO2 haven't entered the atmosphere. And this is very good. This is the, the, the green footprint that we at LAVC are constantly uh, yeah. mentioning and pointing out because it's a huge impact on our environment. And I'm saying that because we need... We need um, government lobbying and government support because, on the one hand, you know, you still have to understand that the battery technology is actually still too expensive. Mm -hmm. Our battery in our in our car, um, the value of the battery is about thirty to forty percent of the value of the whole car. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah, just the battery, the value of the battery is more than thirty percent of the value of the whole car. That is by far too expensive, and it has to come down, and it will come down. But as far as, as we are on that level of cost for batteries, you know, the, the product would be too expensive. And if you try to sell a, a taxi that is much more expensive, even with a great technology and a lot of advantages and cost of ownership and everything, yeah, mm -hmm. and with a with a and, and, and compete against a diesel taxi who's maybe half your price, you still have difficulties to sell your product. And mm -hmm. this can only be overcome in the short term by getting government subsidies, government grants for, for electric vehicles um, until, and this is, I, I, we don't ask it forever, but we ask it as long until uh, as the uh, costs for batteries are still high. This will change in the next five years, I think it will change, but until then, we mm -hmm. need government support and you know we get it in in, in, the, in the united kingdom you know uh, uh, you get a, a seven and a half thousand pound 
grant for electric vehicles mm -hmm. uh, in Germany. You get uh, we get five thousand six hundred euro um, grant for electric vehicles. So uh, and, and there are examples in Spain is a huge support in Spain. Yeah, uh, and even some cities like Berlin, like Hamburg, have their own support schemes. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And mm -hmm. we need that. So this is really important. If you go down the track and, and go towards EV, don't forget um, that you work closely together with uh, governments and political institutions because for a certain interim period, we need support. Yeah. Um, otherwise, our product, unfortunately, EV product is still too expensive to yes. compete against certain combustion engines. Yes, you can't completely um, expect the private sector to financially cover the cost of such a move. So it's nice to hear from you that the government in parallel with the private sector is moving in the right direction on that. But I mean, let me, I mean, another good example in that context, uh, maybe, maybe, Elaine, you know, if, 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 if I look at the UK uh, light uh, van, small van market, this is where our van uh, VN5 is, is positioned, you know, this is a, mm -hmm. a, 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 you call it a one ton segment light van. And you know what, if you look at that segment, I mean, the market is booming even after COVID. Yeah, but then if you look at the whole segment, what it is, you know, the, the, the EV uh, segment of this van market at the moment, UK, is still at 5%. I mean, mm -hmm. this is the point. Yeah, we can all talk green and we can all talk, uh, let's say the planet and let's say the world is all beautiful. And you and, and there are entrepreneurial and visionary companies like ours and us is also coming up and, and everyone is going into the direction. But at the moment, you know, if I look at the market and see there's only a, still a 5% yeah, share of electric vans, well, it indicates to me that there's a gap apparently between public perception and public talk and action. And that's the point. Yeah. yeah? And, and, and we only can overcome that if we get a, a plain level a, a playground by some subsidies as long as our technology is more expensive than a diesel engine, for example. So this is needed for a certain period. So, so the government really needs to put its financial support where its words are. Exactly. And this is happening. I mean, this is happening and, and, and um, this is part of the whole um, 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 trans, uh, transformation to, to green mobility. Mm -hmm. I think uh, mm -hmm. uh, governments across Europe, across the world, have understood that they, they need some support for it. So they need to support for a certain while. It's happening, and and well, I'm a bit advocate of that. But I'm you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that we need that forever. It's very important because we are uh, privately owned companies and we are not government institutions, and we should not spend taxpayers' money forever to support that. But what we are doing now, as you quoted me correctly before. This is the biggest transformation since the automotive was invented. Imagine that 130 years ago, and all the only things that happened the last 100 years was, you know, uh, brilliant engineers were optimizing the performance of combustion engines. You know, mm -hmm. you got a bit, a little bit of better there, a little bit of better technology there, but it was only optimization of an existing technology for the last more than 100 years. This is now for the first time. So it took 130 years mm -hmm. <laughs> until we come to a point where we have basically, we changed the whole product, put it in a complete new concept. So mm -hmm. this is a revolution. That's not an evolution. It's a dramatic revolution um, because people get more environmentally conscious and because we understand we have to do something and can't continue with our CO2 and other emissions. So this is a dramatic shift. Yeah, and this dramatic shift cannot be done by the industry alone. Um, a revolution has been supported by the government and then it will be self-driven anyway. But for a certain period, I have to repeat myself, we need some government uh, support. Okay, that, that's, totally, that's totally understandable and I totally understand that. Let's move and change direction a little bit. Um, you know me, I like phrases. 
this is a phrase I hear often, qu quite often, the Amazonization of businesses. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. it relates to the digital age. Firstly, how has digitalization helped your business to get to where it is today, despite the pandemic? You just talked about COVID. And secondly, mm. what does amazonization of businesses look like in the automotive industry? Yeah, I mean, see, amazonization of, of, of business is what it, what it means, so that more and more people are buying online. And I think, uh, you know, if you look look at yourself, Elaine, I mean, if I look at myself and, and, and my family, I mean, for sure, especially during COVID, you know, everyone, we were ordering online like hell, you know, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't leave the house and now you got used to it. Yeah, and, 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 you know, a company like Amazon is growing like hell, online sales are growing. And what that means, and this is now the impact on us, and this is a trend that can't be stopped anymore. And it yeah. is basically, it was one of the reasons why we went into the van segment. Now, because Amazonization, more online shopping means that there are more and more small vans uh, around, driving around from house to house, from street to street, delivering all these parcels and packages uh, mm -hmm. and that, that, that people ordered. Um, and, you know... Uh, I, I like to quote a number because it's a good one. Um, we did a research in London and we found out that every day 65,000 small diesel vans are going from outside London, from the distribution centers of these um, online companies into the city and deliver parcels. 65,000 vans a day. Yeah, but they're all diesel at the moment. So this is, they have to be replaced rather sooner than later. Yeah, mm -hmm. and this is exactly. Um, was the argument and, and the main trigger for the business case of our new van, electric van, VN5, yeah, because this is a huge market. And it is, it, we, we, you got a lot of requests now. First of all, the customers don't accept it anymore. You know, I mean, I don't accept it anymore. If in front of my house here, yes. you know, a diesel van is running, yeah, with an engine running and, and just delivering parcels to my house, to the next house and whatever. I mean, we don't accept this anymore at customers. And of course, it comes the companies have to adjust themselves as well, because everyone wants to have green credentials. Every company uh, is now playing um, the sustainable policy part. Yeah. So mm -hmm. this is quite clear. This is an overall trend that, that is, is uh, overwhelming and prevailing. You can't stop it anymore. And it means sooner or later, or hopefully rather sooner, the demand for electric vans will increase. I mean, it's still low. As I told you, UK only 5%. Um, but mm -hmm. you see the numbers growing and, and, and the trend is certainly um, non-stoppable anymore. So this is Amazonization and, and, and you know, um, COVID increased the trend. And, and of course, um, nevertheless, I mean, I have to say the COVID crisis in the last two years, Elaine, was certainly something that uh, as, a, as a manager or CEO, whoever, everyone, uh, hopefully only experienced one in a lifetime and maybe even only every second generation. Because of course, I mean, the demand was totally uh, uh, interrupted. You know, the taxi market was completely down. There was no tourism anymore. Mm -hmm. um, companies were working from home offices in such a market. Of course, our our sales went dramatically down and we had a, a big sales decrease by 50% actually mm -hmm. in, in the last year, which is dramatic. Um, but you, what you see now is the market is coming back as quick as well. And uh, it looks like this year we will already be back to pre-COVID levels at the end of this yeah. year. So you see a kind of U-shaped curve, yeah, mm -hmm. which was heavily hit by COVID to a very serious extent. But uh, it seems, and fingers crossed that nothing happens again, mm -hmm. but it seems we have a U-shaped recovery with being back on pre-COVID levels, hopefully by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. well, well, let's hope that um, the organizations, when they adjust themselves with it, they will... Um, acquire the electric vehicles from your organization. Yeah. That, that would help indeed. Um, right. Um, we end this episode on Head's Talk with, on, on a personal note, a, a very simple question. 
Do you drive an electric vehicle and what model? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether I can do advertising, but, but, but maybe and I should and it's not advertising, but for sure. I mean, I'm, I, I certainly changed from a petrol head 100% to be an absolute uh, e-mobility uh, convinced person. I'm an absolute e-mobility fan. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, Elaine, all our team now, you know, we had to build a new team in the UK in our head yes. office. And mm -hmm. I mean, we only hire people who have the same drive and, and, and you see that if someone says, you know, I like an eight cylinder car, well, it's good, but you still have to understand that these are dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And my whole team now in the UK is really, really very much enthusiastic for e-mobility. You have to be that. And, and being like that, of course, I have to personally drive an electric car. I mean, if I may say, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan in the passenger car side of Tesla. I think mm -hmm. what Elon Musk has done is more than visionary. He's, he was 10 years ahead of the pack, even mm -hmm. more than us. Uh, and and I mean, I'm driving a Tesla Model X, which is a great car for my family. So I'm, <laughs> it's not advertising. I'm fully convinced about that. So, so you're, you're living, breathing and working in yes. that space. Just a quick... Because, Elaine, we are building the future. And this makes yes. it so exciting. And this was a reason why I changed from a big... Uh, international uh, group to, to, to that company LEVC in the UK because you know you are reinventing the automobile and you don't have that many chances really. Mm -hmm. No you don't and just a very very quick almost a borderline silly question but do you think you'll enjoy Formula One with electric vehicle technology? I think you do. You know what? I mean, if you have ever driven an electric car, I mean, even our taxis and vans, it's amazing. You know, this is not a high performance car. It's not meant to be. But mm -hmm. everyone who, first of all, jumps an electric car is absolutely thrilled about the acceleration and performance. Mm -hmm. This acceleration is second to none. I mean, my private car goes from zero to 100 kilometers in, in a bit more than three seconds. This is wow. absolutely amazing. And yeah. even our van in Texas, they have really, for that type of car, good acceleration levels. So I think you will see really crazy and very interesting races with electric cars. The only thing what is missing is the sound. I mean, yeah. that's for sure. But I mean, you know, there are maybe technologies, you know, that you do some sound engineering, get a sound around. I'm not sure about <laughs> that yet. But uh, I mean, we'll, I, be, we'll I, make a band play music in the corner. <laughs> no, you don't. But you know, you know, I mean, this, I think time will tell us. But but for me, it's a moment, Elaine, one of the most fascinating things about electric cars is really acceleration and the fact that there is no noise. I think this is still thrilling, you know, when you see our cars leaving the car yeah, park yeah. just without any noise. It, it's more like a spacecraft. And I yeah. think this is a great thing at the moment. I really get excited about it. For me, it's more exciting than having an eight-cylinder running and bubbling and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it can be really quite exciting having these cars with huge acceleration, even without noise, driving on a racetrack. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's good. We just have to change our mindset and be really open-minded yes, and be open for the new stuff. That's important. You know? I, I, I hear your excitement and I'm sort of feeding off your excitement, which is fantastic. It's pre you're pretty much saying there's no going back. There is no there's going not going back. back. No, get, no, not at all. This is for sure. Okay. Jörg Hoffman, it's been a pleasure. Many thanks for your time and insights. Very good. Thank you, Elaine. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders and heads of multinationals. Heads Talk Podcast with your host Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.